What's the deal? It's your girl, Jay Michelle. Your host, the Unapologetic Jay Podcast. Thank you for coming back and listening to me. Um, well, let me address my last episode. Snoop was right, bitches ain't shit. Um, I got some feedback on the topic, and it's not it's not about blaming one person or the other. It's not about who's at fault. It's about taking responsibility and being accountable or taking accountability. For the decisions that you make. When it involves other people. Now when you make decisions for your life. We don't always think about the people around us. And how it it, it will affect them. You know because you're supposed to live your best life. And do what's best for you. And. All that good stuff. But sometimes you have to stop and think like how is this going to affect. Not how is it going to make them feel. doesn't matter how it makes them feel. How is it going to affect. Because for every. Y'all know the shit. Cause and effect. For every action there's a reaction. How is it going to affect the person. That's also involved in this situation. Or that has to deal with this situation. Because sometimes we make decisions about our life and nobody has to deal with the consequences but us but sometimes we make decisions and the consequences involve other people so when when those situations arise you have to think about how is this going to affect the person that also has to deal with this right so i don't place the blame on anyone i don't blame nobody but these people need to take responsibility for their actions and um hold themselves accountable for whatever may come of this situation down the line. If anything comes of it, nothing may come of it. Don't know. But in the moment, I felt some type of way. And I still feel some type of way. Because I only feel some type of way because I'm a big advocate for women. I'm a big advocate for girl code. Let's stick together. Let's raise each other up. Sis, let me fix your crown and not to the world. Like I'm a I'm I'm very for girls. Very much pro woman. And we already have so many things riding against us. We don't need to ride against each other. I mean when it comes to men we already fighting a system that when they walk outside they want to try to murder them police want to try to murder them or lock them up take them from us then you have other civilians the white man who feels inferior to a black man want to take his power want to make him feel 
demasculated, make him feel less than. And then you got these bitches hovering like vultures. It's like once you have a man or a decent man, it's like it's like a never-ending fight to keep him. And not keep him in the sense of, you know, keep him with you as in keep him in a relationship. But just to keep him around, have him around, to be around, to raise their children, to have businesses, to have a little bit of money and have a little bit of power or just have them around if your goal is to just have them around just as your man y'all want to travel y'all want to go out to eat y'all get along you know what i'm saying which is hard communicate good man it's hard to find we already know that so when you have all those things stacked against you as a woman police other races other women it's hard enough as it is without all the distractions. And the last thing you expect is a woman who knows about you, knows about your, your situation and still presses the issue. It's very disappointing and it pissed me off because I hold us at a, at a higher standard than that. As I said on the last episode, I put myself on a pedestal first. I'm not going to subject myself to a situation where I'm second, third, fourth, fifth. I'm a secret or I'm the side chick or any anything like that. Like we have to have more respect for ourselves. Don't be thirsty for a nigga. It's really not cute. Don't be so thirsty for a man that you're willing to put yourself in the middle of a situation. And I'm not talking about it being unbeknownst to you. I'm not talking about you not knowing about this man's situation because we all know men lie to get what they want. I'm talking to the ones who know, full on know. So if you want to listen to that episode, Snoop Dogg. Snoop was right. Bitches ain't shit. It's right there. Below or above this one. However they put them shits in, in order. But um. Yeah. Uh, black on black crime. As I mentioned. Another thing that, that. That takes our men from us. Is each other. Which is sad. That we're still. Having to have this conversation after all that we've been through at the this year with George Floyd and everything, and the new civil rights movement of 2020, over the Fourth of July weekend, there were about 14, 14, 15 people shot in Atlanta. Including a baby, a little girl, 
and um, I saw her I saw her face yesterday on social media and I saw her name I don't want to pronounce it wrong but I saw her but no one really said what happened it's like pray for this baby pray for their family nobody wants their baby taken away from them etc and so I get on Instagram this morning and the mayor of Atlanta, Miss Keisha, Keisha Lance Bottoms has, is doing a press conference. And so um, I wanted to share something that she said. Um, Atlanta is very dear to me. I spent three years in Atlanta. I left LA Compton in 2013. That's where I'm from, Compton, by way of South Central. So I'm definitely from the hood. I'm familiar with gang activity. I'm familiar with drive-bys. I'm familiar with walk-ups. I'm familiar with dead bodies being in front of my house, like shootouts happening across the street. I'm familiar with streets being blocked off because they doing a raid or I've seen I've seen a tank come through my neighborhood, so I'm familiar with the fuck shit. I just don't choose to engage or participate with the activities or the people who who are involved with the activities. But I know down in Atlanta, it's a little bit different. I wouldn't call it gang culture. It's just legit black on black crime. But like I said in one of my other podcasts that the Karens and the Bobs can't call us out on black on black crime, but we need to call each other out on black on black crime. And we need to only the only way that could change is if we change it. Nobody else could change that. Nobody else could check us on our shit. So, um. I spent a lot of time in Atlanta. I spent three years out there. I learned a lot. I networked a lot. I had a lot of fun. I did a lot of great work in media out there. And so um, I still, I'm still in tune with what's going on in Atlanta. I check in with Atlanta a lot. I post about Atlanta sometimes. I talk about what's going on in Atlanta on my timeline. My Instagram, J-A-E-M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-22. So I wanted to play this clip from Miss Keisha Lance Bottoms at her press conference this morning. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. We have talked about this movement that's happening across America in this moment in time where we have the ears and the interests of people across this country and across this globe who are saying they want to see change. But the difference in this moment in time with the civil rights movement, the civil rights movement, there was a defined common enemy. So we're fighting the enemy within when we are shooting each other up on our streets 
in the city and you shot and killed a baby. And it wasn't one shooter, they were at least two shooters. An eight-year-old baby. If you want people to take us seriously, and you want, you don't want us to lose this movement, then we can't lose each other in this. We cannot lose each other. We have to stop losing each other. Some people will attribute this to the Jim Crow movement. That's still effective in 2020. If you don't know what Jim Crow law is, feel free to Google it and read it. I ain't about to explain it to you. If you know, you know. If you don't, find out. So, um, we cannot lose each other. We cannot fight for justice and equality and want people to take us seriously and not kill us in the streets and treat us like we ain't shit. When we treat each other like we ain't shit. It's nothing cool about going around shooting people just because you can't. Or because you're jealous. Or because somebody is from a different side of the of the uh, city than you are. Or because they have on a certain color. Or because they looked at you the wrong way. Or because they will speak to you in a tone that you didn't like. You can't expect police to stop murdering people. You can't expect Karens and Bobs to stop harassing us on the street. When we harass each other, they see that shit. They see they see that shit. That's why it's important. Not even on no race shit, but that's why it's important just in general in life. Like it's important to check each other in private. All that arguing on social media arguing in person not being able to have a decent conversation without thinking somebody coming for you or not listening to what nobody say or starting a conversation just defensive that's not helping none of us we have to do better we have to do better it's not okay that baby got killed and it's a lot of babies out here getting killed because first of all y'all niggas ain't got no fucking aim when the last time you even stepped foot into a gun range to even practice shooting you get a gun you got a little bit of kickback you don't even know what to do you shooting all over the place not okay it's not okay if you can't shoot from a distance (laughs) you don't need to be shooting this shit is crazy I don't know where to start with black on black crime I have no idea I blame the parents (laughs) shit that's all I can say I blame the parents
You are your child's first teacher. You are your child's first teacher. And you determine who you have around your kids. Which is usually who you have around yourself. Who do you hang out with? Who do you kick it with? Look around your crew or the people that you hang out with the most. What do they do? Are they being productive? Or are they being reckless? Do they sit and smoke and drink all day or do they actually get up and do something? Because people who actually get up and do something and productive on a daily basis don't have time to bullshit around and waste time. Some of us are so um, hell bent on not letting go of that ghetto mentality. Like I posted a meme the other day on my Instagram. Says black women need to get used to the idea of having luxury or something in that nature. You know, I'll be paraphrasing because I can't remember shit verbatim. Dear black women, normalize luxury in your life. My caption said, level up. It's not material things. It's a mindset. Just because it's not getting on ratchet doesn't make it uppity or bougie. Rise up, queens. I'm from Compton, California, by way of South Central Los Angeles, 43rd and Hoover, and Central and Alondra. First of all, 43rd and Hoover is, was, is like South Central Los Angeles, like the shit y'all see on fucking Boys in the Hood. Back then, hella gang activity. I lived on a street in Compton that was the gang title's name, Lantana Block, Compton Crit. I grew up on Lantana Street. I've seen a lot growing up. But I wasn't around it firsthand because my parents were not. And my family is not gang affiliated so much. (laughs) I ain't gonna say not at all. But it wasn't an everyday thing that I saw in in my house is what I'm saying. I saw it when I went outside. And my and I hung out with family. I I mean I had some some homies on the block. I had some little friends on the block, but I hung out with my grandmother. I hung out with my aunt, my uncle. I hung out with my mother. Wherever my mother went, I went. But since my mother wasn't affiliated like that with gang life, I wasn't around that. So when I say I blame the parents, that's what I mean. You determine who your child is around. If you hanging out at the at the at the local um at the at the hood house and you got your baby with you and then the people at the hood house got their kids with them, then your kid and their kid going to start being friends. And they're going to start imitating what they saw y'all do.
So when I say I blame the parents, I blame the parents. And I'm not, and I'm sure you gotta work, you ain't got time to be, you know, you don't have the time, now you don't have time, but you don't have the time to always monitor what your children is doing or who they're around, but you still, and kids are gonna make mistakes because that's what kids do. Kids fuck up, we know that. But you have to instill some type of values in them. And I can only speak from my experience because uh, duh, I was a kid once, I was a teenager once. A lot of y'all forget that y'all was kids and y'all was teenagers. How was you brought up? How did your mom and dad raise you? How were you treated? Were you left alone to your own vices? Like, you gotta think about that. You gotta think about that when you're raising your kids. And then you gotta make a choice to do it different. So your kids is not out here shooting up motherfuckers for no reason. Because social media is telling them what's cool and what's not cool. Or what they should be doing or what they shouldn't be doing or how they should be. You know, social media is a very big influencer. Us growing up, we didn't have social media like that. We didn't have Twitter and Instagram. We only had AOL chat rooms and Black Planet. And then we got, uh, what you call it, Facebook. Was it Facebook? No. I forget. I know what I'm talking about though. Top five, top five, top five. MySpace. That's what it was. We only had MySpace and fucking Black Planet. Wasn't nobody. Child, bye. Y'all need to get it together. I don't know where to start with this black on black crime situation. Because niggas is the hardest people to talk to and convince that what they doing ain't right. Because whatever they doing, they feel like. It's the best thing in the world. Best shit since sliced bread. And it ain't. We need to hold each other accountable for our actions and our kids, our teenagers. And we need to get them on the right path so they can grow up and teach their children the right way to grow up. So you don't shoot your brothers and your sisters. You don't fight. I mean, we can fight because that's what siblings do. But it's just certain, certain laws of the streets certain ways certain things you just don't do and they not being taught that for whatever reason y'all need to get on it figure it out somebody knows somebody that knows somebody that's reckless as hell and you need to sit down and have a conversation with them or show them a different life something different give them a different mindset show them some videos let them hear some some black folks speak like how Minister Farrakhan spoke on the 4th of July for three hours. Who tuned in for that? I listened to the whole thing. I might listen to it again. Not I might, I will listen to it again because I know I know I missed some jewels. And that, it was three hours. You tune out a little bit. But um, the Criterion Worldwide Address, which was streamed live on Revolt TV, youtube.com slash Revolt TV is definitely still on there. You can go watch it if you didn't watch it live. I'm going to watch it again. I didn't know that the Jews hated him. 
hate is a strong word. I didn't know that they disliked him. He said hate. I didn't know that they disliked him. I mean, I kind of figured because Jews run the media. And um, he's been taken off of Instagram. He just got released on Twitter. But they definitely took his Instagram away. If you didn't know. Now you know. <clears throat> it's it's a it's a it's a few black leaders that I listen to and Farrakhan is one of them. I am not a religious person. I don't belong to a religion. I don't think much good comes out of religion. I didn't say any. I said much. I don't think much good comes out of religion. Religion has a history of separating people. Religion has a history of being violent. There has been religious wars. There are people on this earth who are very, very mean and evil. And they try to use religion as an excuse to be that way. I'm not here for none of that. I believe in God. God only. That's my higher power. That's who I talk to every day. That's who I think for waking me up every day. Sometimes I say him. Sometimes I say she. Just whatever is in my heart. I believe that God is in you. And I believe that when you hear that little voice in the back of your head, what some people will call your conscience, I think that's God speaking to you. I think you can speak back. And you can ask for things. I call it, a lot of people call it, putting it in the air, speaking it into existence, putting it out into the universe. I believe that. You do that, doors open up for you to get your work done. You get your work done, you get your blessings. Everything else, that's that's for y'all. That's not for me. So even though I'm not religious and I'm not Muslim, I still listen to him because there's something to be learned. He's not in that position and a leader of so many people just because. You don't have to be a Muslim to listen to a Muslim speak. You don't have to be Christian to listen to a Christian speak. I love listening to Pastor John Gray. I'm not Christian. But when he speaks, he makes sense to me. So when Pastor John Gray speaks, I listen. When Minister Farrakhan speaks, I listen. When my sis Tamika Mallory speaks, I listen. When Riza Islam speaks, I listen. If you want to take it down a notch to hip-hop, when Charlemagne the God speaks, I listen. When Joe Budden speaks, I listen. When Talib Kweli speaks, I listen. Those are just some of the people that I listen to when they're speaking because there is something to be learned. A lot of y'all don't like to listen because y'all think y'all know everything. 
or you're comfortable in what you what you already know which is ignorant and that's where the term ignorance is bliss that's where that comes from because you're not open-minded to listen to someone and learn something different or see things happening in a different perspective you're never too you're never too old so teach to learn something and you don't know everything you should always be teachable you should always be teachable there's nothing worse than somebody who's closed-minded and don't want to listen and think they know everything. I'm 30, 37 years old. I don't think I know everything. I know a lot about some shit, but I don't know everything. And I'm always willing to learn. I'm always willing to read. Read and listen to understand, not to respond. That is effective comprehension. And when you can comprehend effectively, you can communicate effectively. So you should go listen to the speech of the Honorable Minister Farrakhan on YouTube, on the Revolt TV channel. You might get a jewel or two from it. He also hinted at the fact that this might be his last time speaking, addressing us. So I I low-key wanted it to say, I low-key wanted to say that this was like going to be like our version of the I, I have a dream speech, but maybe later, maybe later, like sometimes it take a while to catch catch what's being thrown at you and you know classics happen over time so we'll see if this speech ages well and we'll see if a lot more people tune in to watch it and catch what they need to catch instead of saying uh he's a muslim i'm not listening that's a very ignorant thing to say with anything So let's get into the bullshit. <laughs> Good old water. So August Alcina sat down with Angela Yee, eh? I didn't watch the whole interview I didn't watch none of the interview I just saw the clips that they played on Instagram and then all the memes and then some of the disrespect toward Jada which men think is funny to try to clown women on sleeping around when all they do is sleep around that's neither here nor there but um I didn't watch the interview because one, I don't like the way Angela Yee interviews. And number two, the main clip that got out that was about him and Jada, I didn't want to entertain it. I didn't want to entertain it because if you listen, 
when people talk especially if you if you listen to the red table interviews when jada speaks or when will speaks you know that they have a different type of relationship <clears throat> what they do in their relationship behind closed doors sexually or not even though we've had we've heard a lot of rumors for years uh, that they were swingers and they had open open marriage if that's what worked for them that's what fucking works for them that ain't none of my business but when you have somebody that was in that situation with them august with jada and you have the urge to come out and quote unquote speak on it. That screams motive to me. That screams agenda. That tells me you're about to promote something and you're trying to get the attention on you. And I'm just speaking on this clip because like I said, I didn't watch the interview and I'm not going to watch the interview. I don't care for what anything August Alcina has to say period because you have this amazing friendship so you say and he said this prior to this interview you have this amazing friendship with this person who helped you in life to get better mentally physically and then you get on an interview and you throw your relationship under the bus and he didn't even have to say nothing bad about her. Just mentioning y'all situation is throwing her under the bus. That's not how you show that you're grateful for someone being there for you. You don't spill the beans on an interview and you definitely don't spill the beans on an interview with no fucking Angela Yee. If you would have did it with Charlemagne or Joe Budden, it would probably be a little bit more respected. And people probably would have actually listened to him. But coming from a world of media and being an interviewer myself, who interviews you is important. Who interviews you determines how successful this interview is going to be. And how how respected it will be and how how much it will spread across the media. Don't nobody respect that girl as an interviewer. Me personally, I feel like she corny. Her jokes don't hit. And it's like you don't catch the punchline sometimes. You don't catch the sarcasm. And then it's like. I don't know, just the way she interviewed don't sit well with me. I don't like it. It's not intriguing, it's not interesting to me. That's just me. Nothing against her personally because I don't know her personally, but I've been watching The Breakfast Club for a very long time now and I be screaming at the TV like, girl, shut up. Like, what are you talking about? You just say weird corny shit out the blue. I don't like the way she handled the Gucci man situation. And it was another situation that happened with her and somebody else. I don't, I don't, I didn't like it. If you don't comfort people and when they come back for you, don't play the victim. I hate that shit. But, um, 
Yeah, like you don't throw people that's been there for you under the bus. When you have a private relationship, you keep that between y'all, even when y'all don't, when y'all not together or on the same page no more. That's what you call loyalty. And you don't take a moment or, or five minutes of, of people's attention to to discuss personal intimate matters that you have with someone. On that level of the level that Jada Smith and Will and, and Will Smith is on, they're gonna stick together no matter what. No matter what. If you thought you was blackballed before August Alcina, you hell about to be blackballed now. And I feel the same way about Angela Yee. That didn't help her career at all. That didn't bring that didn't bring her career up a notch at all. I don't even think just the vibe that I'm getting, I don't think nobody respected that. Nobody respected that. And it may be, it may be a um, a faux pas on her end. Maybe it's a lesson learned on her end. Hopefully that lesson didn't cost her her career. Because the the industry is, is, is fickle like that. The industry is tricky like that. You have to be careful who you talk to, who you put on blast, who you talking about, who you're interviewing. It matters. It all matters. I can't even explain to you why it matters, but it does. The interviewer is just as important as the person being interviewed. If August Alcina has spoke to Joe Budden or Charlemagne or Talib, shit, probably even drink champs, probably even Nori. But really, Joe Budden, Joe Budden, really, or Charlemagne, really, that interview would have been, would have went totally different. We still would have got the information we needed, but without all the messiness, and it, it would have been respected. That's like back in the day when Whitney Houston had the interview with Barbara Walters. Barbara Walters is an entity in herself. Anybody is going to tune in back then to hear who Barbara Walters was interviewing. It's Barbara Walters. Yes, you want to talk to her. Did she talk to Rihanna too? Now, if Rihanna was talking to Angela Yee, that interview wouldn't have the same effect as it did with Barbara Walters or Oprah Winfrey. People who do interviews want to attach their names to an interviewer that's big. And big interviewers want to attach their names to people with relevance that are big. These two clowns. I ain't even gonna waste my time watching that shit. Period. Shit is dumb. Um, so your president wanted to address Bubba Wallace. The thing that I don't like about the Bubba Wallace situation is that for those who don't know, yes, we all know he found a noose in his garage. He didn't find the noose. Someone on his team found it, quote unquote. Someone on his team 
found it, told him about it. And then it got reported to the news and the FBI did an investigation. And then the, uh, the FBI said it wasn't a real news. Then they went back and said that it was. And then they set Bubba Wallace up to look like he made it out to be a hoax. And I don't like that because when celebrities have an issue, they're always the face of the issue. And it doesn't matter what happens behind the scenes. They always get blamed for it. And it wasn't his fault that someone in his team made this big old deal about this little bitty rope that appeared to be a noose and had the FBI come out and do an investigation and the FBI said that it wasn't a real active, I don't know how a piece of rope could be active, but a live active noose. And now everybody's looking at Bob Wallace as if he lied. And that's ridiculous. So... Trump says, has Bubba Wallace apologized to all of those great NASCAR drivers and officials who came to his aid, stood by his side, and were willing to sacrifice everything for him, only to find out that the whole thing was just another hoax, another hoax, that and flag decisions has caused lowest ratings ever. This man be worried about the wrong shit. whole career is a hoax this whole presidency has been a hoax 2020 let me know if you done punking us yet because make sure y'all go vote in november make sure you're registered to vote we not even finna talk about the rapper who made a bunch of fuss about running for president Cause that's ridiculous. Make sure y'all know what the, the agenda is. The agenda, the black agenda is to, it, it should be a world agenda, but the agenda is to get Trump out of office. So whoever you need to vote for, make sure you vote against him. Just make sure you vote. Because as, as I've explained before, um, voting is going to happen whether you go to the polls or not. And I'll give you the example again. If you have 10 voters, 5 vote for Trump, 3 vote for Biden, and 2 just don't go to the polls, Trump has 5 vote, votes and Biden has 3. So who's going to win? Trump. You sitting out the election doesn't stop the election. So please go vote. Please go vote. If you're not registered to vote, register to vote. If you don't do it for yourself, do it for everybody else, please. I don't want to raise my child another four years under this administration. Follow me on Instagram, J-A-E-M-I-C-H-E-L-E-22, J-Michelle22. Thank y'all for listening. 
Thank you for tuning in. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to share my episodes. Instagram, Facebook, or wherever you social media at. Talk to y'all next time.